top shelf fantasy. What is going on, Shelfies? We have another podcast coming for you tonight. We have podcast number 283. Today is January 18th. It's a Thursday. As always, follow us on all our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, a.k.a. X, at Top Shelf FNTSY. Check out the website, TopShelfFantasy.com. Hit us up with all your questions on game day. Uh, we got playoff football coming and kind of a real beginning to the head coaching carousel that we're going to go over tonight. So uh, with no further ado, I'd like to welcome Scotty and Kyle, as always. Appreciate you as being always. here. Good to be back. Thanks. Yeah, it's been a while, Kyle. Probably mid-season last year. I think we did a quick update uh, at the beginning of playoffs because I had made the TSF playoffs and then got smoked by your sister-in-law. Sister-in-law, who won the whole thing. Her her first year ever playing fantasy. (laughs) Yeah, she did well. Uh, And for the the Shelfies, she's like an unbelievable baker. Like, that is her profession. So I was trying to get some consolation cookies, but... She wasn't feeling it. So, I don't like, know. nah, I just beat you. <laughs> that reminds me, I do need to bring you that Zay Flowers jersey. I'll see if I can sneak that in tomorrow. Scoot it on over your house. Yeah, that, that, that that's a sweet jersey. And then you gave away the Ricky Williams one to. Well, I gave, or something. I gave it away in the sense that I lost it in a bet um, yeah, at, at bowling. So, a guy, a guy in my bowling league is a huge Dolphins fan. I just happened to be talking to him about a Ricky Williams jersey that I had. And he's like, oh, like, I'd love to play you for it one night. So he was going to cover my weekly buy-in at bowling. And then I was going to, I bet the jersey. And then he beat me head to head. So it was tough, tough out. I usually bowl better than him too. So I thought I just had a free buy-in. Yeah. He, he saved it for that week. I know. I honestly, jersey. I was like, he's probably like an, like an 86 average bowler. And then he ended up bowling like a 93 average that night. I was like, you motherfucker, <laughs> son of a bitch. Some yeah. company corruption right there. You can't just be giving away stocks and value from TSF <laughs> pod. Well, yeah. we tried to give give it away last year to the TSF winner, but he's like, I, I don't know who Rookie Williams is. I'll just take which it. Is, which is jersey. insulting that we lost to somebody. Who doesn't so know the winner last year was, I mean, you were part of it uh, in 2022 as well. It was Ken Walker signed and Miami. Because we did a, you know, it's our third year, old school New school, and then it's like, yeah, I don't even know that guy. So you can guys just keep that. Like, you don't know Rookie Williams. Like, first of all, if you don't even guy, watch football, like... it's like if you think of like sports, smoking weed. Oh, Rookie Williams. Yeah, like, yeah, like... Have, you, have you have you ever heard of marijuana? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Josh Gordon, Rookie Williams. <laughs> right, but he was the OG. So yeah, all right. Um, let's get into it. Before the coaching stuff, just a few things to point out. Um, the Rams after playing, I think the. Best game I watched last week, Detroit. I mean, that's what you kind of wanted to see with Stafford and Goff. Uh, very close game. But Tyler Higby did tear his ACL. Uh, pretty brutal hit. So, um, yeah, they lost. But they, he's likely out to start the 2024 season. I mean, what's that recovery time, Daz? Is that even- I saw ACL and MCL. Um, so he'll likely have multiple surgeries, which is bad. Um, I mean, he's going to look at, yeah, like you said, he'll miss the, he'll miss training camp. He'll miss the start of the season. I mean, he could have one of those miraculous Julian Edelman style recoveries, but he's a big dude and he's a little on the older side. So, um, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't put my money on, on a quick recovery. So, um, if everything goes perfectly, maybe he's ready for week one, but I would highly doubt that I'd say more like a 
open the season on IR type, and then we'll wait four or five weeks to figure out when he comes back. Man, people that have Tyler Higby and TJ Hawkinson are are feeling it already, stressing out going into the year. Like, are they going to be ready for week one? I agree. I don't think Tyler Higby is going to be good to go. And yeah, and the report said I heard. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Hawkinson's I mean, already projected like week seven, six or seven. Yeah, yeah so he was maybe, also multiple ligament damage, like yeah, which is never he good. could miss the entire season. Like they're talking about Nick Chubb probably being ready for week one, which like, <laughs> think about how much two. earlier he got hurt. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking crazy. And I mean, yep. for the Rams too, a guy that's blocking almost every play plays a hundred percent of snaps. That's that's a big uh, big loss. Yeah. Uh, same team, same game. Kyron will well, he was broke his hand. I thought it was just, you know, stubbed his pinky finger or uh, middle finger, but <laughs> he broke his hand, had surgery. Um, should be yeah. full go for training camp. Yeah, that's a non-issue. That's four to six weeks. It'd be fine. Um, but again, it, it sucks to see, you know, in the game, you all of a sudden see Kyron Williams missing snaps. Ronnie Rivers is getting touches. You're like, what's going on? Boom, broken hand. R.I.P. Um, in other news, Max Crosby had knee surgery. And apparently it came out that he's been dealing with this pretty much the whole season since week two. And for him to have the season he had on a bum knee it shows how much of a dog that guy is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also have the note in here. He came out and said publicly, apparently, that if the Raiders don't bring back uh, Antonio Pierce as their head coach, there is a good chance he will leave. Which I don't know. Is he under contract? He must have. He must be due a contract. I think he got it, but it's the NFL. You could just force a trade and say, I'm not, I'm yeah. not going to play. I mean, l- right. look at Chalen Jones. He was under yeah. contract. <laughs> like, true. I'm not going to play true. again. So, yeah, I, I think Pierce did a great job. I think a lot of the players like him. Um, if you have your best player saying that, you lose Max Crosby. You lose a massive part of your team. Yeah, uh, heart and soul. So I would, I would anticipate Antonio Pierce returns as the head coach for the Raiders <laughs> in 2024, but... Uh, we've seen crazier things. Mark Davis doesn't like to get pushed around, so we'll see. Yeah, he's, he's a little stubborn little bitch. Scotty, uh, you're gonna sorry, you're just gonna mention Chandler Jones and not uh, address his uh, rap slash song oh, wishing gosh. Billy Belichick well. Yeah, um, what were the reviews on that, boys? What do we think about that? It's like I'm not gonna listen uncomfortable. To this. <laughs> um, yeah, scared. I try to stay far away from Chandler all. Jones. Uh, all football player rap music. Uh, somebody said once that all football players want to be rappers and all rappers want to be football players. And that's always resonated with me. Yeah, no, I thought it was a uh, sweet, sincere, creepy, scary, uh, mentally insane. Yeah. Chandler Jones has been going off the deep end for a while now. So he's finally, he might finally have jumped. Yeah. That family in general between John Jones, Chandler. Um, hey, John Jones just likes his cocaine. All right, man. He's not crazy. <laughs> Yeah, and Jim yeah. likes his synthetic weed. I mean, Arthur Jones, the uh, the D lineman for Baltimore, was like the most well-adjusted one. Yeah. I don't even know about that guy. Oh, yeah. I think he played for Indy as well at some point. Interesting. All right. Fun facts. Great. The Chandler Jones family. Uh, Mike Tomlin said that Kenny Pickett will return as the starting quarterback, but there will be a competition in camp. I'd say Mason Rudolph probably earned that. Um, you know, despite how much I don't like Mason Rudolph or don't think he's good at football, can't say he didn't go out and at least earn a shot to play, um, you know, going forward. So I get it. I think if you're a Pickett fan or, you know, Kenny Pickett himself, you're probably pretty pissed. Um, you know, you kind of lost your job via injury, which is kind of outside of your control, but 
He's like, play that well either. So what are you going to yeah. say? He sucked. Ru- yeah. Rudolph end of the season three now. Yeah. Are brought in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, it's really him, so yeah. One's a winner, one's not. Right. And and it doesn't mean it, you know, Rudolph is back there next year. It could be, you know, they go and get Russell Wilson or something like that. Like pick it, you're the guy, but you gotta, you know. Yeah. Kirk uh, Cousins. Every time we talk about quarterbacks, I'm gonna Kirk mention Cousins. Kirk Cousins. That, there, this is a head coach podcast, okay? <laughs> Wait for the the QB one. It's gonna be a, we'll a disaster. Um, and in sad news, the Eagles got like just crushed by the Bucks. After that, Jason Kelsey came out and said he's going to retire. And I put here, rest in peace, Tush Bush, because yeah, yeah, he, uh, he's pretty much the guy that knows how to do it. No one else in the league can do it. Uh, without him, I'm sure he's taught people how to do it, but. Hey, you did see the Bucks stop it. Um, you know, he had to, they had to cheat and rip Jalen Hurts' head off to get it done, but hey, whatever. Didn't, didn't get called, so it's clean, right? Gotta do something. <laughs> yeah. Like, but um, yeah, like you said, I think Jason Kelsey is the reason that Tush Bush works. And we're gonna see you're gonna see the Eagles take a step back in the run game. I mean, there's no no two ways about it. You don't replace him dollar for dollar at the center position. So um, you know, there's always a chance they draft a guy, there's always a chance they sign a guy, but no matter who it is, it's not going to be Jason Kelsey, more than likely. Yeah, he's an absolute legend. And uh, I know that, you know, his podcast with his brother is extremely uh, well received. And so they got they both got really emotional talking about it. I think it was two days ago. So that was really cool to see. They're humans. They're not just robots out there um, and totally concur on the tush push thing, although that rule may change this summer anyways. So it may sure. not be totally relevant for Philly as it is, but yeah, RIP to his career, but sure he'll be doing great things <laughs> you know, for his family. You know what'll happen is Jason Kelsey will announce his retirement. They'll get through the winter meetings, all the coach meetings, all the rule changes, and they'll be like, oh, well, he's retired, so it doesn't even matter. We don't need to make the rule. It's fine. They can't do it anymore. And then he's going to be like, I'm not retired anymore. Yeah, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we always see it. You know, the guys re- retired didn't really, you know, sign the letter yet. Yeah. Tom Brady, I think Jeff Saturday did the same thing for a year. Like, in the moment, yeah. you you're like, all right, I can't do any more. Then you just miss a shit of it. But, um, I saw a thing. He gave his favorite McDonald's employee, um, a signed jersey, which shows that he goes to McDonald's every morning <laughs> and day to get a meal. If he keeps doing that without working out, that guy is going to get absolutely fat. And he's, I mean, he's yeah. fat, fat. He's strong fat now, but now he's going to be old fat. And that's you just... see it go like the other way a lot of times with the offensive linemen, and like they stop playing and then they get super ripped. He's just going to be an mm-hmm. absolute unit. Yeah, but he can follow in Travis's footsteps and sign a deal with Pfizer to uh, be their face of diabetes. <laughs> you know, so yeah. Travis can be the face of the COVID vaccine, and maybe oh, Epic's getting really their... popular. Maybe he can get a sponsorship from them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> every time I see him, I'm like, well, Travis did it. Mom, I got to go. <laughs> can I get the booster again uh, that's healthy kids don't listen to us <laughs> listen um, to a medical professional yeah <laughs> all right let's get into some coach stuff before we get into the division um divisional games uh first and foremost uh we know that bill B- belichick is no longer the coach and i think the next day gerard mayo becomes the next new england head coach i know he had his presser I believe it was yesterday 
I just saw some clips yeah, of it. Awesome. I didn't watch the whole thing. I know people. I I, I had like a hundred and twenty missed sleeper things. Like you didn't <laughs> watch this. I'm like, no, it's it's twelve thirty. You know, I'm I'm working. You were working. What a loser! I was watching the entire thing. Tell it was me. awesome. Yeah. So um, I I kind of have been saying this since the day that Gerard Mayo signed with us last season. He could have got a head coaching job anywhere last year. We pulled him back in. I'm like, it's the only way that Gerard would have stayed with us if he's in his contract says, you're the guy after Bill. Or else why would he come back as a DC or split DC with, you know, Steve Belichick? So it's good to hire within. I know we've had mixed feelings with this. I know in a dynasty that me and Kyle are in, um, it's a lot of back and forths of, you know, it's the wrong call. But Bill should have gone, but this isn't the right thing. I know we want Vrabel, but I don't mind it. See what happens. I think the the weird thing we can talk about, too, is there's no GM yet. Yeah, that's definitely the weirdest part to me. I mean, I like the the hire of Mayo. Whatever the reason for Bill Belichick leaving, let's assume they just, you know, wasn't working. They wanted to part ways. Let's just put that on the back burner. He's out. So somebody has to come in. I think Mayo is the perfect guy for it. He's always been a high intelligence guy, even since his playing days. He was a green dot. Like he knows football. He can articulate to a variety of different people how to get things done. He seems like a, a very, very good fit for what Robert Kraft and the Patriots organization has always wanted. Um, so I love the hire from that side. Like you said, though, the GM part is weird uh is just the only word for it it's like you don't usually saddle your gm with your coach that already exists and the staff that he's hiring and then expect them to get along from there but we have heard robert Kraft in that same introductory press conference say that he likes to hire from within so i i'm under the assumption that their choice for the gm is already in the building and aware of these maneuverings and i really do think it's uh jonathan Kraft is going to be the one who ends up taking the gm role whether it's officially named or he just you know assumes the duties of it i guess he's very very involved behind the scenes anyways so taking on the gm role would kind of fit perfectly for for what i think he could could do and it's probably within his skill set he does seem like kind of a math nerd yeah and last thing on gerard mayo so during his press conference i believe it was today 12 hours ago or maybe the day before um he dropped a quote big hint that the Patriots will finally change their ways now that uh, Billy B has departed in terms of drafting, especially their early picks. Um, so obviously they have the 1-3 this year, which is huge given the talent that's coming out of this um, collegiate draft class. And so I believe his direct quote was, uh, you know, we're excited. We're going to be drafting the best player for a, quote, important and needed position. Oh, and so... Good. That's got to mean quarterback, right? Or, or are we thinking Marvin Harrison Jr., which would be equally as exciting to Dow's point if we could pull over like a Kirk Cousins, a Justin <laughs> okay. Fields, someone yeah. in the offseason that is highly competent at uh, QB and then have an absolute stud because we haven't had a stud since Randy Moss. And Randy also was on the tail end of his career anyway. So, right. Like if you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't make a lot of sense to go get Marvin Harrison. That being said, it doesn't hurt to have him anyways. Um, but yeah, I, 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 to me, it sounds like we're finally going to see a shift in the draft approach, which the Patriots, I think have needed at least from the offensive side of, of, of the ball for quite a while. I, I have not agreed with any of our offensive selections in God knows how long defensively 
Belichick drafted just fine. I mean, let's not sit here and act like Christian Gonzalez wasn't a fantastic pick. Let's not act like he hasn't hit on a bunch of deep linebackers and, and various other positions for a long time. But offensively, it just he's lagged behind the rest of the league. So if Mayo is going to take under advisement, uh, maybe some more scouting opinions or, or whatever it's going to be that gets us there, I, I like it. Um, I don't know. I guess it, it matters who the GM is, though, right? Because if he doesn't agree with Mayo and Mayo and the GM don't agree, we're going to have another stalemate, same, which I think is what thing. has always happened. Yep. I'm just happy it's not going to be one of those, like, oh, we're excited to get picked like 12 or 15, and then it's like, oh, the pay, the pay, the, the Pats have traded down to two seconds, like, ugh. and then the year we don't, we get Matt Jones. So it's like, we just, right. it's just not a fun draft. Pick yeah. three, it's got to be fun. Like, if you trade down from pick three to like six to get an O tackle, like that would suck. Yeah, that would, I would, I would get it though. Um, there are yeah, rumors still that boring. Um, the Patriots are going to let Michael Unwenu go as well. So our offensive line is just getting worse by the minute. But, um, yeah, I hope it's a quarterback. I mean, I, I've been on the record saying I don't think Caleb Williams is the generational guy people think he is, but I understand taking him. Is he better than Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi? Of course. You know, I, I could <laughs> not go, saying much. You know, I kept Pop Warner kids who are better than them, but um, I, yeah, I don't know. Let's move on from the Patriots. I could talk about them all day. We have a need. We need a separate podcast just for the past stuff. Yep. Um, after D- Dallas got blown out by the. Packers, we all thought Mike McCarthy would be let go, but he will remain the Dallas head coach. I think this is a bad move. Um, I think they should have waited for a bit to actually come out and say it. But with a year when you have Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, and Mike Vrabel out there, and you don't even explore that, is mind-blowing. To a team that is a head coach away from winning it all. like Not to mention having Dan Quinn on staff already. Right. Put in there. Perfect. Right. Boom. And then get a, yeah, I, I it, it makes no sense. Um, He's failed. I guess the players were huge McCarthy guys, which is good. Yeah. Cool. I win a game. I don't care if the coach is really nice and lets you text your wife yep. during practice, like win. great stats, great regular season. But when it comes to playoffs, right. He, he just chokes. So, uh, that was a uh, bad move there. Uh, Pete Carroll, that's all it says. Uh, he was yeah. let go last week. There's been uh, Kyle, you said he might take like a GM kind of role with the Seahawks. So I was looking at some articles and they're not saying so his formal title, he is staying with the Seahawks as a quote advisor, but a team advisor, but they don't really delve into what responsibilities that will entail and what his involvement would be in day-to-day operations. You got to imagine with them formally dismissing him as head coach after being the winningest uh, Seahawks coach of all time uh, and winning, I think it was what, two Super Bowls? Just one, went to two, one, one. Yep. Um, That they would want to fully extricate him from the day-to-day team activities just because they don't want to, you know, confuse the players, get emotions involved and things like that. So TBD on what this advisor role will uh, entail and if he'll still be mashing gum enthusiastically (laughs) on the sidelines um, come kickoff of week one. I think that boils down to one of those just like it's a paid position. They're not kicking him to the curb. He sells a salary every year. 
and you know maybe they give him a phone call and he can attend practices at at, at his leisure. I, I bet you it's not a lot of heavy lifting on his part. Oh yeah, it's just we're paying you for the next few years. Yeah, like we hear cool, we're good. Yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> but I'm not going to pay you to coach someplace else. You're going to do right. something here, and I'll give you a fake title. Yep. But help us out. Yeah, and again, he's seventy plus years old. He just wants a paycheck coming in, and uh, yeah, if he gets paid. What he, he's probably top three head coach paid. It would be like him, Reed, Tomlin, yeah. you, Tomlin. Oh, so yeah. you get ten to twelve mil a year just to be an advisor, quote yeah. unquote. That's a win, right? Doesn't count towards the cap, so they can pay him whatever he wants. Yep. Yeah. Perfect I mean, setup. I mean, great career for the guy, right? Uh, this fourth longest tenure with any NFL team um, of all time. So, and he's behind Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, and John Harbaugh. So, pretty cool that those are still all active coaches, or yep. we're assuming that John Harbaugh will come back to the NFL, I believe, this year. It sounds uh, like he, he will some kind of spot. And he's also the oldest NFL head coach or was at one point. Um, so, yeah, good for him. Toughen it yeah, out. Yeah, good career. I mean, really only had a blemish when he was the New England coach. And besides that, it was a pretty successful career, collegiate and professional. So, good on you. Yeah, with him and Bill out, there goes two top old guys. Now the oldest guy is probably like Reed, I w- yeah. would assume. And probably Tomlin's a top five, which is crazy. Talking about like head coaches, they're just so young now. Yeah, they're they all are. Really. I think Gerard May was the the youngest. If I'm, um, or the youngest in Patriots history. Yeah, the youngest in Patriots history for sure. I mean, well, yeah, we were talking about Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick for fuck's sake. Parcells yeah. is there. He's a billion at that time too. Yeah. All right, we'll move into. Um, we're just gonna go by coach, um, and the teams they kind of interviewed. I, I didn't go too deep with like. OC jobs or defensive coordinator yeah. jobs because that's a completely disaster um, <laughs> for us to talk to talk about. But Mike Vrabel, of course, got let go last week. He has already interviewed with the Chargers for the head coaching job. Um, and Atlanta and Seattle are, are also put in um, – they're interested, so they put in – you know, they've asked him to interview there. I don't know if he's actually going to. Um but we're going to go down the list here. The Chargers are a pretty popular spot. I think they're interviewing probably five-plus coaches for that that role, and good for them to do it you know, right away. And Mike Rabel being that kind of coach, they want to get that guy in there and say, you know, if their defense has been awesome on paper, they've been horrible playing-wise. Um, you get a guy yeah. like Mike Rabel in there to teach that defense how to play, that could be very Interesting. Yeah, the Chargers are one of the best spots to me um, for any head coach. I mean, it's a it's a ready made team. You have pieces in place. Uh, the one difficult aspect of the Chargers organization is that they really re- refuse to open those purse or uh, loosen the purse strings for the the right people. So that's probably the one hesitation that people might have. But the team itself, like you said, the defense on paper should be fantastic. Maybe make a couple more picks and shore that up, but the offense is, is ready to go. Um, I mean, Keenan Allen's a little older. Austin Eckler's a little older. Mike Williams is constantly hurt. But you've got your franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. I know a lot of people are critical of him. But if you as a coach can walk into a Justin Herbert, you're happy. Like, that's a that's a win for you. Yeah, and also 
I'm not sure where the Chargers picking this year. It's fairly high, right? I want to say um, seven or eight. Yeah, so within the top ten, and we all know, at least at face value right now, that the wide receiver class coming out this year looks unbelievable. So got to imagine at seven or eight, they're going to get an unbelievable uh, wide receiver talent as well, and maybe maybe QJ. Ooh, they, they have five. They're going to have five. So, Maybe yeah, you can turn it around here. So I, I um Let's hope so. Was reading that they can save twenty million dollars if they cut um if they cut Mike Williams. So he's probably going to be a cap casualty this year. Yeah, um, and like I... Allen still looks like he can play well. So that uh, wide receiver room combined with Herbert, total agreement with you guys that this this could be a dream job for any NFL aspiring head coach. Yeah, and if, they if needed... it comes down to Allen versus Williams, it's a no-brainer. You yeah. keep Allen and restructure Williams or let him walk. Yeah, and I mean, Mike is even old, too. I think he's like maybe 28, 29. 29, yeah. Allen's 31. So when people think that Mike Williams is like, oh, the younger receiver, yeah. they're both kind of the same age. Um, But it's going to take the right head coach because you could have Keenan Allen say, hey, I'm 31. I'm going to go to the Chiefs. I'm going to go somewhere that a team that makes the playoffs like there's no point here so i think it's it's huge for them to get the right head coach there and Vrabel is a guy that people respect so i think uh a lot of teams do want him um with mike Vrabel, you know uh d hop likely follows derrick henry likely follows so you have austin eckler's a free agent you know bring derrick henry in there i'll imagine that yeah but that again that's a different pod i i don't go down too deep (laughs) um Bill Belichick so far, um, I think he's had two interviews with Atlanta for the head coaching job. Just we talked about this before you got on, Cal. Uh, Atlanta's kind of weird because like they're kind of rebuilding, but then they have like the very good offensive line, the very good tight end, wide receiver, running back on paper, and that was saying like their defense is actually surprisingly decent last year. Um, so I guess it does make sense that they want Bill, and Bill is, you know, actually interviewing there because he could just say, "Oh no, I'm just going to wait for the Chargers or, I mean, not Dallas now, but uh, or even Seattle." So um, second interview just kind of it just kind of shows that Atlanta might be the spot he goes to. Yeah, it is yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's they, weird. they they need a quarterback too, right? Um, I don't think that. Desmond Ritter is going to get another legit shot nope. um, like he did at the beginning of this season. And then they went back and forth between him and Taylor Heineke, who made another resurgence um, only to get benched again for Ritter. So you got to imagine again with the QBs, we won't name them <laughs> on this particular <laughs> pod, but there's going to be a good amount of free agent QBs, a lot of older guys that still have it. Um, and a lot of young guys too, that, that could, fit a nice scheme there to um, to really activate a lot of those first-round draft picks that they've stocked up and just haven't developed at all in the Kyle Pitts, in the Bijan Robinsons, right? I'm excited as a Bijan owner in a dynasty league that uh, maybe they'll not give Tyler Algier 50% of the snaps anymore, and they'll really let him loose next year. And um, so all good stuff. Do we have time for breaking news on yeah, the coaching front? Bill O'Brien just signed as the offensive coordinator for Ohio State. It just came across as official. 
So he is out of the NFL and wow. out of the Patriots. Yeah, that, that, that's interesting because the Patriots now need an offensive coordinator. And I don't know who's out there that wants the Patriots job. <laughs> yeah, wow. it's just official. Eight minutes ago from Pete Thamel, confirmed by Dove Kleiman. Uh, these oh, are NFL pundits uh, via X. Uh, Ohio State is set to hire a longtime NFL coach, Bill O'Brien, as the school's new offensive coordinator. So bring we'll in Josh McDaniels, baby. Oh, yeah, I hope no. not. Oh, God. Please, no. Doesn't, doesn't no Belichick have a like a fourth or fifth son that he could just staff? Yeah, sure. Know? Yep. Yeah, God Brian. Oh, well, he's on defense, too. Um, We'll figure it out. Yeah, I'm sure he's got or, or daughters somewhere just slaying chicks and <laughs> Chester by the sea. Um, Wow, that's that's huge for uh, the past. So they have a lot of spots to fill. Yeah. I don't even know who's out there that's looking. I mean, I guess you have to figure out the head coach stuff before you even look at OC stuff. But yeah, the OC um, stuff's going to come later when the head coach stuff is filled. But then the guys that didn't get those jobs are going to go, yeah, uh, to those guys. Wow. All right. To me, this kind of reinforces what you were saying, Scotty, is that they have to know, they already have to have the GM in house, whether it's Jonathan Kraft or another person. I think Kraft is most likely. Would they really be making these moves? significant moves without knowing who they can backfill. Right. Well, especially with Bill O'Brien probably being on our payroll still for 2024. I assume he signed more than a one-year contract. Yeah. So they probably said, hey, you know what? Go ahead. Go out there. See what you can get. So, yeah, again, they... Pats don't really say too much, which is annoying, but um, wow, that's pretty fun. All right, Dad's going to take the next one. Yeah, uh, Bobby Slowick, the Houston offensive coordinator, is interviewing with Carolina and Tennessee for their head coaching vacancies. Uh, Seattle has also expressed an interest. Uh, he seems to be a hot candidate. I mean, look what he did with with C.J. Stroud and that offense this year and really turned them into a force. So I'm um, not surprised to see him getting a lot of attention. Uh, the Carolina one's interesting because, again, we saw what he did with C.J. Stroud. It'd be interesting to see if he could go there and do the same thing with Bryce Young or not. That actually might be like the most indicative or, you know, most representative of a head to head comparison that you could mm-hmm. possibly get. You know, the two guys had the same coach. You don't often get that. You usually have to say, oh, well, Bryce would have had just as good a season if he played in Houston and CJ Stroud would have struggled if he played in, in Carolina. Um, so it would be cool to see him go there just to make that comparison. If I'm Bobby Slowick, I am not going to Carolina. I'm taking that Tennessee job or if Seattle is knocking, I'm definitely going to go happily over on an interview there. Um, I, I think he's a great fit for both those teams. I mean, you, you look at the offense that Houston ran, you can see uh, Tennessee and Seattle both running very similar uh, offense. I can't see Carolina doing it quite as easily. Yeah. Carolina is the last place I want to go, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, the only upside to um, Carolina is that David Tepper will pay you $15 million for, yep. you know, a year for three years and then fire you in about six months. So you can cash all that money and you only have to work for like six months. And then I'll throw a drink in some fans faces next to him. Oh, dude, that was funny. That was electric. All right. Um, David Shaw, the Stanford head coach from last year, he's interviewed with, again, the Chargers head coach job. The Chargers, of course, are crushing it this week with uh, interviews. I don't know much about David Shaw. I'm not a college guy. Uh, I don't know if you guys know anything. This is why we need Craig on some podcast. He know exactly 
what he brings to the NFL. No, but I think he's just a local coach, so he's probably getting a lot of push for a vacancy right there. Stanford's over in not in LA, but it's in Stanford, California. But mm-hmm. um, they probably saw the vacancy, made made a push. They take the interview. I think there's. I don't know if there's a requirement. I know you have the Rooney Rule. We have to interview coaches of color as well. But I don't know if there's a a level like interviewing that you have to do. Like, oh, interview one college coach along your way too. I don't know if that's a requirement. But um, I yeah, I don't know enough about Stanford to tell you other than they play in the Ivy League, and I could give two shits about any Ivy League coach. I don't have. I, don't, I have no interest. They're not SEC. I'm not interested. All right, moving on. <laughs> Um, Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator, um, hasn't interviewed yet because, so of course, they're still kind of in the playoffs. Kind of, no, they are. Uh, he will interview for Carolina, Washington, Chargers, and Seattle. Um, yeah, this is the guy that, that he should be interviewing. <laughs> yeah, this is the guy that I mean, teams definitely want. Saw what he's done with his team this year. I know Detroit's always looked at as a good defensive team, but um. Ben Johnson's just done a hell of a job having two running backs put up, you know, top 10 finishes weekly in fantasy. You have awesome receivers. You have awesome tight ends. So, like, he makes it work. So, it makes sense that pretty much every single team, uh, just, I mean, go back to the past. Like, wish we just kind of, like, waited for a bit because there's a lot of good guys out there that I would kind of like, but whatever. Yeah. The, the interesting thing that I see a lot now, and I know these guys have, like, you know, large career aspirations. They want to be head coaches. But, like, you get, like, one or two years as an OC, and then you're immediately thrust into these head coaching position offerings. Like, I feel like we didn't see that as much. Like, Romeo Cornell was an offensive – or defensive coordinator, and Bill O'Brien was an offensive coordinator for, like, years. Like – and maybe it's a Patriots thing, whatever. Maybe I, I maybe I just didn't notice it when I was younger, but I'm noticing it now. Like you get two good years back to back on a good offense in Detroit, and teams are ready to give you these head coaching jobs. Like I'd rather, if I'm Ben Johnson, just stack like five or six great years uh, with, with Detroit as an offensive coordinator. Ask for a pay raise at you know at your current club, and then wait for a good team to have you know, a vacancy. Like don't go to Carolina, don't go to Washington, don't go. I mean, I, I'd be happy to go to. LA or Seattle, but like, don't take these bum teams just because it's open. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe I'm going off on a tangent here, but if I'm him, I'd rather stay at, in Detroit as the offensive coordinator than Carolina or Washington as a head coach and then get all the blame for those bum organizations. It's a Sean McVay problem. <laughs> really? Everyone yeah, wants exactly that it. next young head coach. He hit, Kyle Shanahan hit. If you, you get these guys as soon as you can, doesn't yep. work work out. Who cares? There's so much money in the NFL. You can yep. fire this guy. I mean, like you said, Carolina with those, they must have three head coaches on salary. That's not even play, uh, pushing a team <laughs> anymore. So exactly. I mean, is then, Washington still an undesirable organization? I know that their their owner is out now. They do have some really good talent. It just hasn't been developed well. So. I don't know. I don't see Washington as a as a bad place to end up for an experienced coach uh, that can develop solid talent. I mean, if they get a competent QB in there um, and they have a fairly high pick, then they could be right back on track with Terry McLaurin. Yeah, uh, Yeah. Jahan Dotson. Um, I mean, they have some 
they have some good talent there. So uh, Brian Robinson. So I don't know. I, I, I really don't think the Washington uh, head coaching position is as bad as people make it out to be. But then again, they did trade away uh, Vonta uh, Sweat, right? For, and Chase for Young. And Chase yeah. Young. So, so their defense head coach, probably like, needs an yeah. overhaul. You guys couldn't just keep the those guys. Like That would be a way more attractive spot. But you right. give away two of the best defenders in the entire league. Well, my other question about Washington beyond the the players, which I think you make a very fair point, like they're not a bad team talent wise, but Eric Bieniemy is sitting there, and I assumed that he was going to get elevated to the head coaching job as soon as Ron Rivera was out. He should have. And now he's and now he's not. And now they're interviewing other guys. So it's like, how long are you going to sit there as a head coach with Eric Bieniemy, you know, breathing down your neck, expecting? that the first sign of trouble that they want to elevate him, or maybe they don't, maybe I don't know anything about anything. And Eric Bannaby is never going to be a head coach in the NFL, but I'm surprised he's not out there on other interviews unless he knows maybe Washington is going to consider me still. Yeah. And I think when he went there, we all thought like, all right, Rivera's probably out next year. Great spot for him to take over. But yeah, you're yeah. right. It's been, I mean, I know that, that players want him as a coach, but it does come down to that. Like if he's, if that's the case, if I'm him, fuck, I'm just go back to to KC then. Right. If I'm not gonna get a coaching job next year, I'll go there and you know you saw him leave and how Casey took a dip. Yeah. Can I interest season, you so. in a Patriots coaching job, sir? <laughs> Offensive coordinator. Perfect. Yeah. It's I wide love open. It. He's saving like, the news for you, Eric. Oh, Mac Jones. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to trade Sam Hell for Mac Jones. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Thomas Brown, the Carolina OC, is an interview with Tennessee. Like the why? Head coach job. Yeah, it's like, oh, just pick the worst team in the league. Are you, um, are you interviewing a janitor as well? Like, <laughs> I thought that was funny. Like, the skills. yeah, <laughs> be enemy is not getting a head coaching interview, but let's bring in Thomas Brown, the worst, the worst team in the league's offensive coordinator. Yeah, it's very odd. Very odd. Um, all right, you guys and uh, Dad, you can take the next few. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, the USC quarterback coach, formerly coach of the Arizona Cardinals, is going to interview with Chicago for their offensive coordinator position. Um, and I mean, okay I think we all expected to see him back in the NFL, and it would make sense if he were to stick with Caleb Williams coming up. That being said, I don't know. I mean, if, if it is Justin Fields, is Cliff Kingsbury still interested? Probably. I mean, Justin Fields is just Caleb Williams with a little bit more uh, you know, mileage on them. So I don't know. It's an interesting one. I think Chicago needs a lot of stuff to happen. And Cliff Kingsbury maybe is the guy. I, I mean, what did he do in, in Arizona other than get run out of town with a similar style quarterback? So I don't, I don't know that it's the saving grace for the Chicago offense, but it's a guy that we expected to see back in the NFL quickly. And it kind of the timeline adds up. I think it could be, you know, Caleb d- doesn't want to go there. Chicago wants him. Yeah, let's bring his QB coach. I think that yeah. that's cl- I think that's clear as day what it is. Um, because I don't think he could have he should be back in the NFL this fast after failing two years ago. I also can't imagine that Caleb likes Cliff Kingsbury so much after him having arguably his worst college season this year. Like, uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it but like i wouldn't I'd, who was the quarterback coach before cliff kingsbury i'd like him better yeah exactly. <laughs> here i won the heisman can we get him involved yeah true um yeah i don't know moving on brian johnson the philadelphia eagles offensive coordinator is interviewing 
with Atlanta for the head coaching job and Tennessee has also expressed an interest. Uh, I mean, if it's Brian Johnson up against Bill Belichick, I think the decision should be pretty clear, but that's all I've got. Yeah, I, I don't have much on that. Yeah, I just kind of wonder as a human. Um, so Arthur Blank and then Jerry Jones for Dallas, who brought back Mike McCarthy, which was touched on earlier. Like these guys are, you know, we don't we don't all live like super long lives. Uh, all things considered, and these guys are getting up there in age, so you got to think that they're going to want to take the best, most proven coaches here. So totally agree on Billy B has got to be going to Atlanta. Like I think it would surprise everybody if he didn't. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. And Jerry Jones bringing Mike McCarthy back doesn't make any sense. But Scotty already touched on that. Yeah, so. none whatsoever. Um, you hate to say it out loud, but Rooney Rule is a thing. So sorry, Brian Johnson. I think he's happy in Philly, anyways. His team is still intact. If AJ Brown stays, why would you leave Philly to go to Atlanta? It's a fair point. We'll see if Brown stays, but it's for a different podcast. I think he's yeah. out. Um, Dan Quinn, Patriots, of course. <laughs> uh, Dan Quinn, the Dallas defensive coordinator, has interviewed with Tennessee and Carolina for the head coaching job. Um, he probably should have just been the Cowboys head coach at the end of the day, but he's going out there to to see what, what he's got. So he's a guy that I think fits perfectly in Carolina. Um, he can coach that defense up. The talent that Carolina has is on the defensive side of the ball. And they're young. And they can, right. And they're young. They're talented. You got Brian Burns, uh, Yitro Grosmatos, uh, Frankie Louvu, uh, JC Horn, uh, you know, all these guys. Shaq Thompson. Like, you have a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Dan Quinn can use that and, and, and at least get you to a competitive level where Bryce Young cannot have to score 35 points a game to win which I think is step one for that team. Um, I think he's also a bit of a player's coach, but also a hard ass enough that he can get people in line. Um, I think he'd be a fantastic fit. I don't know that Tennessee is any different from all of the things I just said that could fit, you know, or apply directly to Tennessee as well. But for all of the coaches that Carolina might look at, Dan Quinn could be one of the best fits for what their culture needs. Moving on. Raheem Morris, the Rams defensive coordinator, has interview with Carolina and Washington. He will have an interview with Seattle tomorrow. And the Chargers and the Falcons are interested. So pretty much every single um, free head coach spot is interviewing Raheem Morris. Yeah, he's been around the block. He's a former head coach. He's been a coordinator at a bunch of different teams. So it makes sense that a lot of people are interested in him. Um, I don't have much more to say than that. All right, and then Jim Harbaugh, um, Michigan head coach, has an interview with Atlanta and the Chargers for the head coaching role. So Atlanta and Chargers, once again, are interviewing a lot of good, talented coaches. It's just going to be interesting to see where they, they, they actually land. I'm sure Jim's going to get more um, offers, too, or more interviews, but... Yeah, I definitely see him leaving college uh, given the scandal and whatnot. So mm -hmm. makes sense. I don't know. We've seen a lot of the college coaches come up and not really pan out, though. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles, you know, dealing with, I guess, college players kind of sort of are paid now through NIL and whatnot. But handsomely paid professionals are a little bit different to, to handle, especially some of the seasoned veterans on these NFL franchises, as opposed to the college kids that he's used to coaching. So it'll be 
maybe better to go to a team like Atlanta if he could get that job with a little bit younger player or younger average age as opposed to L.A. I don't know that Keenan Allen wants to be coached the way that Jim Harbaugh likes to coach people. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting. You're also, keep in mind, Jim Harbaugh, the way he plays and coaches football is very, you know, run the ball, play some defense and not really has not had a 4,000 yard 40 touchdown passer. in I think since he's been in college, so uh, it'll be weird to see him make that transition to the NFL. Maybe he needs a, an offensive coordinator underneath him who can do some of those things. Cause you don't see the grind it out when those defensive struggles all that often anymore. Mm -hmm. All right. Then our last coach is Frank Smith, the Miami OC the interview with Carolina. Good for him. Enjoy. You're not getting hired, buddy. After you just got embarrassed, scored six points. <laughs> yeah, that was, but it was cold. Yeah, it was really cold, man. They also sucked at the end of the year, so right. that's on you. All right, let's get into the, the divisional round of the playoffs. We had a great week last week, a lot of betting. I think it ended up even at the, at the end of the day. Some days were good, some days were bad. Um, drunken in-game parlay has killed me. Um, they always do. Following Dick's advice usually kills me, which I did. Uh, don't do that again this week. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's get to it. Uh, the first one is the Texans at Baltimore. Baltimore is favored by 9.5. That's quite a bit. Uh, the overrunner is 43.5. I don't know what any weather in these games or what it's going to look like. I don't think there's any snow or else we kind of would have heard about it. Um, I know this weekend around where we live is going to be pretty cold. So maybe it's the same thing in Baltimore. Um, Preparing for frigid playoff temperatures. All right, it's fine. Um, mid twenties. I guess it could be worse. Yeah. So just some news to hit on, and then we can kind of talk about it. Uh, Marlon Humphrey for the Ravens is ruled out. Um, better news: Mark Andrews is questionable. He's had two full practices back to back, so he should be back. I kind of forgot about him, to be honest. I thought he'd be out for the year. Uh, with him having a bye, we kind of just kind of brush it aside. That's fucking massive you have mark yeah. andrews back that's they're they're already the best team in the nfl plus they get him back holy shit um noah brown out for the season for the texans they signed damari bird of the practice squad and melvin gordon is released due to devin cook being activated i don't know if he's activated or still still in the squad but he should be um so you drop an old guy and you bring up an old guy yeah, I mean, Delvin Cook probably does have a little more in the tank than Melvin Gordon. I'll give him that little. He's that also little like three or four sand, years but... younger, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he should have more in the tank. So hopefully he can contribute. The Ravens do need a running back. So it makes sense. Um, like you said, Mark Andrews is definitely the biggest piece of news here that changes the entire offense. Lamar Jackson gets his favorite target back, uh, probably opens things up for Zay Flowers and Odell if he can, you know, contribute and whatnot. And then Marlon Humphrey being ruled out does suck, but the Ravens have dealt with that all season long. He's been on and off the field and, and hurt a lot. So they're I'm not gonna really factor that in. I think they're they're used to dealing with it. Yeah, if you're like the uh NFL god and say, I'll give you Mark Andrews back, but you lose Humphrey. All right, I'll sign it any day of the week. You right? say, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, we've seen that Baltimore offense cook recently, but they've been on a 
essentially Lamar hasn't played for three weeks now because he sat out week 18. So that over under seems low to me. I'd be tempted to take the over, but given the cold conditions with Houston playing indoors at home and Lamar maybe being a little bit cold coming off uh, sitting for three weeks, I don't know. How are you guys feeling about that over under? Forty. I have been half. hammering unders, and I will continue to hammer unders. Um, so I'll be hitting the under on this one as well. It, it uh, does seem the well. lines. The lines trickier nine and a half. Like I really think Houston could stay with like stay closer than that. Stay within six. So uh, it'd be interesting to see if that moves up or down as we get closer to kick. True. Houston's defense, though, I, I don't have the stats in front of me. Though has not played well. As they haven't, but then they randomly show up like last week and they have, you know, halfway decent game. But yeah, like as long as Stingley shows up, I think, you know, <laughs> if he's in the cover, probably Zay Flowers. Yeah. The price switched to fitting with side, but. Yeah, and Domingo Ryans is obviously a, a defensive savant being a former player, uh, standout uh, Hall of Famer, probably. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, can you really compare Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson in a totally different look. Oh, yeah, totally different. And I I don't know that they have the athletes on the defensive side of the ball to handle Lamar Jackson's dynamic, you know, style. So, I mean, Baltimore could come out and win this game like 35 nothing. I wouldn't even really be that surprised. But flip side, if it was like a 24-21 game, wouldn't surprise me either. Justin Tucker hits a bomb field goal with no time left. I believe it. Yeah, Baltimore's defense has been very good, all things considered, too. I mean, yeah, they walked in Sam Fran, shut down San Francisco, which was at the time one of the top performing offenses that has a yep. plethora of weapons from CMC to Ayuk to Debo Samuel to Kittle. Um, and they did a very good job of shutting them down. So all things considered, they could definitely just uh, pick on the wide receivers for the Texans, who, as Scotty kind of reviewed, are are shorthanded at this point, uh, especially with Noah Brown being out and just Tendell n- on IR. Nico. It's really just Nico Collins, yeah. Because John and, uh, Mechie's not, not a thing. And like, then, uh, who's the other ancient guy who's catching balls over there? Ro- oh, Woods. Robert Woods, but yeah. Even him, he's not even... Right. He's nothing. Yeah, like, he, he's the second guy, and he was the second guy last week because yeah. Brown got hurt early. He still caught a few passes, but like... Hey, CJ yeah. Stroud, man. Yeah, he's him. him. Stroud has been awesome. Um, but I, I mean, kind of last. I'd, it'd be great. I, I personally feel like it'd be great to see Dalvin Cook, you know, make a run in the playoffs here because he had signed uh, with with the Jets, you know, at the beginning of the season, thinking that they're going to have Aaron Rodgers, they're going to have this elite offense, and then obviously Rodgers got injured three snaps into the season, went on IR, and the season just fell apart. So yeah. I personally would love to see him you know, get a Super Bowl here after all he's been through as being a stud in Minnesota his whole career. Yeah, I just don't know how much work he'll get. Um, I assume he'll get some. I mean, it's just Gus Edwards and Justice Hill there. Um, <laughs> Justice Hill is okay, so I think Cook could get some work. But Gus Edwards has been fine in the Renzo. Um, I think he's had 16 touchdowns this season. I was going to say, like, Dalvin Cook gives you – a guy who can run on the goal line, but that other teams don't know exactly what you're going to do. Like Gus Edwards, you see, you're like, okay, he's getting the ball. He's hammering it right down our throats. That's all he does. Delvin Cook has some versatility. 
Like it, g- it gives you a little wrinkle that, you know, is yeah. not on tape because you just added the guy. If you're on the one, it's Gus. If you're on the five, put Cook, put Cook in there. Okay, that yeah. changes a l- right. little bit. But again, I mean, we're talking about Vikings Cook. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and, uh, it's been Ravens, a year removed. He's done nothing with the Jets. I know like he's not a lot of snaps, but from what we, we've seen him do this year, it's been nothing great. He gets a lot better line, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it would I mean, be a huge be cool. hole for him to scamper through, but uh, who knows? Justice Hill should be your open field guy. He's so friggin' fast. It's crazy. Yeah, so this line could change. 9.5 is pretty high. Like, if it was... 10, that's a, di- that's a different story, uh, but 9.5 is the, the tricky one. Uh, next game, again, 9.5. Um, Packers at San Fran. Uh, San Fran's fair by 9.5. The over-under is 50.5, a lot higher. Um, I mean, it's in San Fran, so I get it, but San Fran's defense is r- really good, but so is Dallas's, and Jordan Love looked like an MVP player last week. Yeah, this this uh, over under seems high to me um, as well. I would definitely tap the under on this one. Um, In playoffs, too, fifty point five is high. It's it's a lot. I mean, unless I really think, unless there's a world where San Fran scores thirty points, like you're not really getting there. Um, and, and I don't know, like Green Bay's defense showed up last week. They're rolling, you know, pretty confidently. So I expect Jair Alexander to play as well. I know he's questionable, but I expect to see him out there one way or another. Um, I think he missed the last two practices, but I think the coach said like he's yeah, he's playing. If he can he'll walk, he's out there. He's got to yeah. be. If not, um, I think that line if goes he's higher. ruled out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, um, I mean, I would. I'm not going to touch nine and a half points. I do think San Fran probably does cover that. I do think Green Bay's Cinderella story comes to an end pretty quickly and unceremoniously in this game. Uh, but that over under, I, I would hit the under for sure. I yeah, think again, I, I, I did the same thing. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, you're fine. I, I still don't know. After all these years of watching football, you never know how a team's going to react after having a bye, sitting players in week 18. And that's again the conundrum for San Fran, like it is for Baltimore. Right. And so, right. yeah, these over unders, I agree. 50, 50 and a half seems extremely high. Um, any idea what the weather conditions are going to be in Santa Clara? That I'm going to guess like 70 and sunny if I, <laughs> without looking. <laughs> Probably. But um, yeah, it was interesting. I, I mean, I was listening to some other podcasts this week too, and uh, they were asking AJ Hawk, who's a former uh, player for the Packers, you know, what's, what's the uh, most intimidating stadium to go into? And he said anything but Santa Clara. So <laughs> I, I thought that was interesting. And he's like, listen, like they have an amazing team. Um, they do have passionate fans, but that stadium and the folks that show up there, they just don't inspire fear. They don't get loud comparatively to say, you know, a packed city uh, of Detroit at Ford field. That's going to be indoors and probably insane given that they're finally on a playoff run after years and years. And then Buffalo where it's snowing, you know, seven feet and there's throwing snowballs at Patty Mahomes <laughs> back of his head. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just an interesting game, but I gotta agree. I think San Fran probably cruises in this game, um, but it'd be cool to see Green Bay put up a fight. Um, surprised you haven't called out Jordan Love here, Dows. It's your boy. Finish the year. <laughs> um, it's also supposed to be sixty-one and raining on Sunday. It's supposed to rain all week in Santa Clara. So under under could be a swamp fest. Um, yeah, Jordan Love. 
I don't know, man. I was back and forth, up and down on him all year, just like he was. So I started the season hot, looked great, got cold, then got hot at the end. Um, I just think San Fran probably overwhelms them. That pass rush is insane. He, I mean, I, I know Dallas has a good pass rush too, and they they dealt with it. I just think San Fran is another level. Um, I think their whole defense is another level. Chase so, Young and Nick Bosa Nick, coming at Nick, you at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, with yeah. Fred Warner in the middle there too. Right. Yeah, they're they're stacked. What what a great job John Lynch has done, huh? Yep. So I would I would shy away from that game. <laughs> or I'd shy away from any expectations out of Green Bay, I should say. So you you just toss it into like a bigger parlay and just say San Fran money line to just up it a little bit, which I did yeah, then, last week with Dallas. And you get boned like you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I hit I hit five out of six. The, the six one. Being the easy Dallas money line. Nope. It's always the easy Missed one. out on 500 bucks because of it. Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah, and if Creepy loses, like, it's not like, oh, the head coach is, you know, getting fired. They shouldn't be here. And what right. what they've done to get here is unreal. I don't expect them to win, but what a great season. And for the future, these young receivers, are, I think they're combining for $11 million next year. When they're paying Alan Lazard thirteen point three dead cap, that's friggin' hilarious. That could go someplace else, but yeah, um, good to see. Um, the Bucks at Detroit. Detroit's favorite six point five, and as Kyle said, yes, Detroit plays it in dome. Did you guys see um, yes. <laughs> that, that interview? The I, lady I, asking the question. That was the funniest thing because he. Let her ask the whole thing. He's like, yeah. Um, they've also played in a dump since 1975. But um, yeah, we're fine with any condition, I guess. Like, yeah, like, uh, like every a game for the last 50 years in Detroit, it's going to be played indoors. That was great. Uh, he, let her, great he let her ask the entire thing. He's like, yeah, they also played a dome. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, we're going to prepare for the 20 second walk inside. It might be chilly to walk in the locker room. I'll, I'll give you that. But yeah, like, I don't know, Tampa and Detroit. I know Detroit's the dome. Tampa's used to warm weather. So let's just take all of that aside. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield's playing great football. He has a lot of weapons. They really just brought it to what I would consider to be a, a, a superior team um, just a week ago. So I'm excited to see what they can do. I think it'll be probably, I don't want to say the game of the weekend because I think our next game is probably the game of the weekend. But um, Tampa Detroit should be a, a great one to watch a fun one to watch. They've really started to run the ball effectively. Tampa has, which is something they've been, they've been lacking. You actually saw some big holes open up just last week. So if they can continue to do that, I really like their odds. I think six and a half, they can definitely cover again. I think this could be a field goal game. Um, all said and done. That being said, I think Detroit ends up on top and what's the over under 49 and a half. Super this, guy. That's, one that I might say to over. Um, I just think both teams lack a little bit on defense, at least consistently enough to to keep points off the board. And you're going to see Baker slinging it. You know that's coming. Um, he missed out on a couple big touchdowns too. Mike Evans had an unfortunate drop last week. Um, that really should have been at least an, either a touchdown or set up on the one. Um, yeah, I think Tyler Johnson dropped one too. Yeah. Yep, he did. So, I, I don't know. I think over is one that could hit in this game. I mean, that's 25 points a pop. Very doable. Uh, Detroit covering six and a half. I don't know if that's if that's as realistic, but I think this is going to be a great game. This I, I like. I'm excited to tune into this one probably more than a lot of the others. 
Yeah, both these defenses, especially in the passing game, are awful. So it could be a very entertaining game to watch. And I do like the over on this, absolutely, if they can get it at 49 and a half. Um, but who would have thought that in 2023, 2024 season, we'd be excited for a playoff matchup between Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff? Like, <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's kind of random. I know. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, yeah, but I would take the over as well, I think. The uh, Bucks are totally healthy, right, Scotty? I think uh, – I was surprised Cade Otten was the leading receiver last week. Yeah, he, um, he fucking – he has some good good grabs too. And, like, his yeah. after-the-catch running ability, where where the fuck was this the whole season? Like, <laughs> um, hey, I he's mean, learning from Gronk, man. Yeah, I mean, he, he was great. Um, that, that touchdown at Chris Godwin last week, I, I saw, like, the – the pre-staff thing pretty much like, hey, go. Uh, if they rush, I'm tossing up there. Go like yeah. any any did was perfect. And the um, one to Trey Palmer was just, I mean, piss poor tackling. I, I, like again, but... last week, teach these players how to fucking tackle. Like the oh, Josh, the Josh Allen touchdown. Like oh, like he ju- like don't just hit the guy. Don't just bump. Right. Just tackle him. You see Ray guys. Lewis uh, given his take on it. He's like, "This is pathetic." Oh, like, there's, there, there were so many touchdowns that should have been touchdowns. Even Just he was going like, guy "Like run! What are you strafing for? Run, dude!" <laughs> like, even in KC, they needed a, a first down to pretty much like not ice it, but cl- close to it. <laughs> They're third and five. They pass it to Ceh. <laughs> don't wrap him up and he gets a fuck. I mean, it was a good effort, but like wrap that guy up. It's CH. You right. you, you wrap the guy up once, he's down. Like right. I'm sorry. I, I'm a CH fan. He's not going anywhere. Just wrap the guys up. Don't just do like the they want the big body hit. And then the guys just bump bounce off them. Like, oh cool. I have like five yards to, you know, get a I don't know. Yeah. Um but do agree. but did you see there was a little controversy with the Josh Allen one though? Just to that point, because go back and look slide. at it, he does look like he double tapped X and <laughs> was going to slide, and then he pulled up, and it was yeah shades of Kenny Pickett. And so uh, like watching it live, I thought for sure it was just like a hezzy move, like he was thinking about what he was doing. Yeah, and then watching it on the replay, I was like, oh maybe, like maybe he did get like a like a little bit of a slide start going. Which if you did that, you're a scumbag, and I hate you. But if it was a sweet hezzy move, that's awesome, and you're awesome, and you're cool. Yeah. But I don't mean it's just it's so tough as a defender in the NFL. What like what because you can't is. like even if they tackle him, it's still yeah. probably a penalty. Well, they got, he got the flag later in the game when he did slide because the guy's like, oh, like I can't, I can't get yeah. beat again, so I got to hit him. But yep. I don't know. I think they got to have a little bit more judgment, and I hate to say this because I'm usually so far on the other direction, but I think you need a little bit more judgment call from the ref there, or a little bit judgment influence there. And I hate to put more power in the ref's hands because we've seen them botch it so often. But it can't just be like, oh, he hit the quarterback when he slid, so it's automatic 15 yards. It's got to be like, did he go down like really late? Like, okay, like let's use some common sense here. Did did he really try to take his head off? Okay, he didn't. Let, let's let it go. Like you got to give these defenders an inch somewhere to, to make a mistake, you know? Yeah. And uh, last part too, on the Detroit side, um, you guys have any thoughts on the Kirby Joseph? You know, we kind of touched Clean. on Tyler Higby blowing out his ACL and MCL. Uh, but that's the second. He also ended TJ Hawkinson's season as well. So 
But um, Dan Campbell this week came out and said, what do you want them to do? The NFL has their hands tied. It's they true. can't go high. They're taught to hit pad level on the thigh. And um, he did. At first, they thought he led with his head. But uh, replay review showed that it was shoulder and his back. He actually kind of rolled onto his back. So, yeah, I really don't. I do feel for the defensive players um, just to kind of like summarize this whole conversation, whether they're trying to wrap guys up, whether they're going at a quarterback. They, they can't do anything anymore. So, yeah, yeah. NFL's got to figure it out. To me, I mean, we were talking about it live when it happened, and it sucks. It, like, you hate to see a guy take that hit and get hurt, but it, it's a hard, clean football play. You have to tackle these guys. You cannot expect a six foot, 190 pound defensive back to tackle a six foot, six, 250 pound Goliath at full speed and say your only option is to wrap them up around the waist. It's just never going to happen. Like physics don't work that way. You would get a million broken tackles. The score would be 70 to 77 every single game. So I have no problem with it. It sucks. I know. I think it was Collinsworth on the broadcast said, I have receivers telling me they'd rather get hit in the head than in the knee. If they think that, then they're just mentally deficient, which I mean, they're football players. They're not brain surgeons. So, um, you know, doing the rehab on a knee sucks, but doing rehab on your brain after your junior say yourself is a little bit worse. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's what Tom pretty said weeks ago. Like these kind of injuries, like it comes, it comes down to the coaching and you know the quarterback and the offense. Like, don't put that guy in that situation to get hit like that because that guy was either get hit in the head or hit in the knees. Um, well, yeah, I saw Stafford was chirping Joseph on the field, calling him a dirty player. Well, hey Stafford, I hate to bring it up, buddy, but if you make that ball catchable and like while you're running, instead of making him jump and land. Maybe his knee's not there to get hit in the first place. Maybe mm-hmm. his knee's not freshly planting on the ground. And he's in stride, you know. And you I throw get a better like, ball, or maybe you don't throw that ball. Maybe you don't throw a hospital pass to your tight end. And I don't know, you know if it was like third down and like that was the only option open. Like that, that's a different story. But like, um, going back to Brady, like he's like, yeah, wherever Ray Lewis was, I I wasn't even thinking about going there. Right. And like that's a quarterback's thing. That, that that's the coach to like learn where to throw the ball. Offensive players learn when to go down, how to catch. You know, don't just be straight up. Like, Dion Branch played several years after because he was smart enough to to, to know how to go down. Tyler Lockett hasn't taken a hit in six seasons. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. He's he's like a 30-year-old with like a 26-year-old body right right now. It's perfect. Every time he catches a ball, he's smashing the A button, going right down. All right. Getting to, I think, the best matchup of the week. You can kind of see it with so. the um, the numbers, but uh, KC at Buffalo. Um, I assume the temperatures are going to be cold there. KC was playing, you know, negative 30 feel last week, so I don't think it's like a favored to any team. Oh, dude, Sunday? Uh, a bright 24 degrees. Perfect. That's like a sauna for the for these kind of guys. Um, <laughs> Buffalo's favored 2.5. Um, again, that's a tough line because if it's three, it's a little, little easier to bet it. But I mean, we saw a couple of 2.5s last week as well, uh, leading into game time. Oh, the over under is, I guess, low compared to these other ones. 45.5. It's kind of shocking for KC and Buffalo, but we got to, you know, no, that KC is not the KC of last year, scoring you know three touchdowns from Kelsey and two from Pacheco, and them getting to the end zone has been hard this year. Just um, Rasheed Rice, Rasheed Rice is pretty much it. Um, but 
Gabe Davis still not practicing. I know we make fun of Gabe Davis. He's overrated. He sucks. But it's a massive loss. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it, it, it's a field stretcher that's going to help you take off defenders, uh, uh, Diggs, James Cook, any of those t- tight ends. Um, so that's huge. I, Shakir. I, Shakir was awesome last week. Touchdown. Yeah, but but again, you need the Gabe Davis to open up Khalil Shakir underneath. He's yeah. there. He is an important, you know, factor to their offense. Yep. Uh, Sky Moore. Uh, he could return. He's off IR, so the twenty-one day window opens up. He did practice, uh, the last two days, so that kind of looks good. I know Sky Moore has done nothing this season, but uh, he knows the playoffs, so that's could be one thing. And Lenny Fournette is released. They did also say this is Pat Mahomes' first away game in his career in the playoffs, other than you know neutral Super, site Super Bowls. Right. But um, that's kind of interesting. That's uh, crazy. You know, like that just shows you how far d- into his career <laughs> dominant he is. Yeah. So and do you do you know why this is his first away game? It's all because Buffalo beat them this season in Kansas City when was it MVS dropped that game? Oh, that was that one. PD. Yep. <laughs> So then, Mahomes uh, has got to be so frustrated with his team and his pass catchers. So many drops this season. Just unbelievable. I think they have like three losses due to like last minute either drops or, or that, penalty. Today is Tony, right? Ruining Kelsey's. Yeah, that uh, and then the lateral. MBS um, pass interference that they didn't call oh, him. Yeah. Defender that was cl- clear and that was <laughs> he attacked the one early. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's to be fair, it's supposed to snow in Kansas City this weekend. So maybe it works out. But they're in Buffalo. Right. So he's happy he's in dude, Buffalo. You're he's so playing the snow. Stupid, dude. He's, he's in Buffalo. He's in Kansas City. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what I mean though? Like, hey, yeah. I dodge the snow. Thank you. I'd rather play in, I'd rather play a little bit colder game with sunshine than a little bit warmer with snow all over the place. And then I have to rely on Pacheco the whole game. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the the coaching matchups, obviously, right? Sean McDermott and uh, Andy Reid. Uh, McDermott was a protege of Reid back in the day, right? So I he probably... believe he was a fan of the Taliban last I checked. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's an aside, but yeah. <laughs> but no, I think he comes from the Reid coaching tree, and so he's they know each other very well. So it'll be interesting to see how they approach um, you know, skill players. Rashi Rice has been unbelievable this season and is only gaining more momentum as the playoffs go on. So does McDermott choose to bracket him or try to take him out and force Mahomes to, you know, throw it to some schlup like MBS or Justin Watson always shows up. Uh, love love that he pops up every once in a while because he's my best ball dude. But um, <laughs> And Kelsey has kind of been declining too. So we'll, we'll see that, that KC offense. Maybe they do rely on Isaiah Pacheco to your point Dows I I really don't know and on the flip side Stefan Diggs has been on the decline um you're gonna yeah, need a guy time. like Khalil Shakir Kincaid has been doing very well in his rookie season as uh two um so you're gonna have to this is gonna be an interesting matchup in that they are both proven against one another uh they both have elite quarterbacks in Mahomes and Josh Allen um but as far as the other key skill players you know, who do they go to? Who's going to who's going to win this game is really the question. Yeah, and is it going to be the Josh Allen anytime interception that, you know, breaks their back at some point in the game? Who knows? Um, and to your point, it was 12 years together that McDermott was underneath Ray, uh, Andy Reid in Philly. Wow. It's a long time. It's a very long time. 
Was that and, after he got out of the Taliban or? <laughs> I'm not sure. Where it was got during, I can check my timeline. It was during the time. <laughs> but um, it's it's one of these games where we always say like, oh, you know, electric offense, Bills, Chiefs. And yeah, they they haven't been as electric as they've been in the past. But like you see these teams have so much respect for each other that like these are the ones that end up like 10-7. And it's just like not disappointing, but it's a defensive battle when that wasn't what you're anticipating. Like I think it was the um the Brady game was it Brady against the Saints maybe whoever it was and we were expecting like some big shootout and and, and um it just wasn't it never turned into it I was like that was probably the Rams it was uh, oh yeah 13 yeah. to 7 or 10 yes. to 7 yeah most yeah. of that game was 7 to 3 right it was like... right so I, I don't know it, it could be one of those as well um I know that that over under is a little bit lower than I would have expected to see it uh 45 and a half I don't know I, I think I'd still probably hedge on the under side of that if if, if I were a betting man. That is yeah, tough because like what you said, like Chiefs Bills, like that's gonna be like, you know, 30-30. But right, like they're gonna have a game plan. They're gonna shut down the top guys on each side, like, and then just play, you know, pick it pick this yeah. other guy to beat us if it's Pacheco. If it's if it's a run game, which it c- could be, yeah, it's gonna be a lower scoring game. Like twenty four seventeen is healthily under that. It's forty one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think the player props are probably a more fun way to blow your money on this game <laughs> yeah. than the over under or trying to. You're gonna lose money. Don't you I... worry. I'm gonna blow it on both. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In the same parlay, mind you. Yeah. I, I will take KC plus two point five though. Will you? I will. I can. I'm gonna take Buffalo minus two and a half just to spite you. All right. What was the other? Yeah, I was reading too that the uh, the referee for this game. So yeah. Patrick Mahomes has a seventy five or seventy six percent win percentage. Is it Jerome Boger? That rat fuck. It's not. I think it's Sean Hockley. And so, oh, but interestingly God. enough, um, the last ten games that Hockley has refed for when Kansas City plays, they have won. Um, and there's been some significantly questionable calls in those games. So. We'll see, you know, who gets the calls in these games, if that's a factor at all. Unfortunately, it's something that we as fans seem to deal with every single week, which is very frustrating, especially if you have money on the line. I guess I'll uh, start drafting my formal complaint letter to the NFL right now. Yep. I'll get (laughs) lost somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, so the Sunday games should be a lot more fun um, than the Saturday games. Because the Saturday games should be blowouts. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, again, I think the I, I keep saying it, I think the Texans can play the Ravens closer than we think. But a nine and a half uh, is a, a large number, and Vegas is usually smarter than I am. So, yeah, usually. I think we we probably all agree that Detroit Tampa game is probably going to be should be who knows like the most fireworks, yeah, the I most hope explosive so. could go either way, but yeah. Got to think that Detroit, with the city behind them, in their home stadium. I mean, what about halftime shows here, boys? Do we get Eminem on the sidelines Ooh. singing "Lose Yourself" again? Maybe. I guess Eminem like goes to most of the games. Jack allegedly, sucks. according to the guy last week, um, he's like Eminem's a fixture at these games. So I was like, oh, I had no idea that Eminem was really going to that many Detroit Lions games. But yeah, I've been watching them in uh, all year, and I didn't see him once. So 
Yeah, I said the docu. I saw the documentary Eight Mile. He was never at a Lions game. So yeah, once. Well, <laughs> at that point, you can afford to go to it. Actually, no, true. you could. It's Detroit. You can go. You can go there for like ten bucks. That's true. That's serious? True. <laughs> I thought he was just coaching up a young Jameer Gibbs to get him to that level, <laughs> so they could draft him. But yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it'd be interesting too. That game, we're predicting a lot of based on the statistics, based on what we've seen the whole season, that it could be a passing shootout because of the weapons at wide receiver and the QB's affinity to throw. But, you know, what if what if Detroit uh, wants to slow down the game or Tampa wants to slow down the game? They both have very capable running backs, and they just go heavy with uh, Monty Jameer Gibbs and and then on the flip side, like Rashad White to slow the game down. Who knows? Yeah, Some very realistic game. outcome. And plus, Chase Edmonds looked good last week, too. Oh, fuck Chase Edmonds. Back from the dead. I need a Rashad White over on yards. I think I still got it, but I was like, if Chase Edmonds gets one more touch, it was like seventy or so. Like, yeah, something like that. I had Kyron at at seventy. He got seventy, then he got hurt. I was like sixty nine point <laughs> five. Like, oh my god, cut it close. Ugh. All right, um, I think that kind of wraps it up. Um, Dows, Kyle, thank you for joining. Um, good luck to everyone in any playoff brackets or fantasy playoffs, which I'm part of. So it should be a little tricky, but enjoy the divisional round again, Saturday, Sunday. Sorry, wives, kids. Um, it's another week. It would be another three weeks without you guys. So, um, we'll be, we'll be back together in, you know, mid February, I guess. So, all right. For all of us, the top show fantasy stays fluid. Top Shell Fantasy. Stay fluid. Stay loose.